Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, we chat with John, who's a physical product designer and prototyper. John's got a highly technical business, which you'll see as we chat with him on the episode today. That means that John is very smart when it comes to product design and 3D printing, but he has a hard time translating that expertise into language that appeals to clients. So in today's episode, we walk John through some important ways to think about messaging and marketing, because as a freelancer, you can offer the absolute best service on the market, but if you don't know how to tell people about it, well, you're sunk. I'm joined today by my friend and guest coach, Matt Olpinski, and we'll dive right into the conversation after this quick break. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. I'm joined again today by my good friend, Matt Olpinski from Matt's Design Co. Hey, Matt, welcome back to the show. Hey, Preston. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so excited to have you again. As listeners of the show will know, you know, Clay, he lives in Texas. At the time of recording, Texas is having crazy weather, power outages. So he's not able to join us today. We do wish him well, and hopefully he'll join us back on the show again. But in the meantime, we're excited to have Matt join us. In just a minute, we'll introduce you to to Matt and his business, give you a little bit of background so you know who we're talking with today. But before we do that, I want to welcome also our guest calling in today, John. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to chat with you, learn about your business today. Before we dive into your business, Matt, why don't you give us a quick uh, 30-second overview of who you are, what you're working on, maybe give John a reason to (laughs) stick around and listen to the both of us for the next 30 or 40 minutes. (laughs) Sure, sounds good. So yeah, so my background is in web design and development. That's sort of you know what I went to to school for in college, and that's what I've been doing pretty much ever since. Um, So that's been about 11 years now. So I... I started freelancing really my first year of college and doing the same thing, web, mostly web design and development. Did that all the way through college and for three years out of college when I had my full-time job as a you know, UI UX designer. And then in 2015, I started doing freelance work full-time. So I left that job, started doing freelancing full-time. And then even more recently, around the end of 2018, uh, transitioned into my own company, Matthews Design Co., and been growing that ever since and working with a really wide variety of clients, you know, some really big, you know, kind of global brands and, and some mom and pop shops and sort of everything in between. And even a little more recently, sort of transitioned my personal website into a blog and resource to help freelancers kind of learn and grow and, you know, d- 
doing things like you know having a freelance community and stuff like that a little more recently, all just in an effort to help freelancers, which has sort of led me to where we are today, uh, talking on the show together. Yeah, perfect. And if you haven't taken a look at Matt's website, if you're not familiar with his work, you can go to mattolpinski.com and learn. Yeah, he publishes some really great stuff. I mentioned in last episode, he publishes some great stuff for freelancers, learning uh, how to get better clients, charge more, stuff like that. So you definitely check out his work. John, let's kick off the episode by telling us and the listeners a little bit about your business, what you're working on, what your business currently looks like. Yeah, my business is a engineering services, new product development company. So I, I take what would kind of be considered like art to, to part. So you take somebody who has even a, a what we affectionately call in the industry, a napkin sketch where they literally just sketch something out and taking that and running with that and running to take that all the way through to getting fully dimensioned, fully flushed out models, 3, 3D models and, and drawings that they can then get taken to manufacturers to be produced and, and hopefully send it to stores. Yeah. I love that. I, I find that so exciting. Um, you know, I do a ton of work on the web and and while it is very exciting to like come up with an idea from scratch, write some code and have it appear on a website, it sounds really exciting to take a napkin sketch, a napkin drawing from someone's mind and turn it into an actual physical product that can sit on a store shelf or or whatever. So that I mean that sounds really fun. How long have you been doing that? Over sixteen years. Awesome. As a freelancer over 16 years or, or in total kind of in the industry? Total in, in, total in the industry. For, uh, yeah. I've been kind of full-time as a freelancer for the last 10, 12 months or so. Okay. Which was All kind right. of, had my hand forced a little bit, but with that. Yeah. But I, I've been trying to do, I've been doing <laughs> freelance on and off kind of ad, ad hoc as needed since 2006, 2007. Okay, cool. So, so quite a while, and you have a little bit of experience in it. And then it sounds like, m- just like millions of people, you were affected. If I'm reading between the lines, by the pandemic, your job was probably affected by the t- pandemic. And then, and now you've been doing this full time for ten or twelve months. And how's it going so far? Uh, could be better, but it could unfortunately be well. Fortunately, it could be a lot worse. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's okay. That's a good place to be in. I mean, that's why that's why we have you on the call today. We're hoping uh, we can help the upside a little bit more, uh, help things be a little bit better. So tell us a little bit more about maybe who your current clients are. What kind of clients do you work with? I work with... Lately, I've been working with more kind of medium to smaller companies. So up somebody like... Uh, I've, I've done some work for... The company that puts out baby Einstein toys and, and some of those other preschooler type baby oh, yeah. toys as well, as well as some doing some s- smaller stuff that unfortunately is still under NDA, so I can't really talk about it right now. No, that's fine. Totally understand. It sounds like I mean, it sounds like you have a nice, uh, nice business going. Let's chat about you know when when we have people like John on the show. We ask them to fill out a questionnaire so we can come prepared to help grow your business as much as possible. I was mentioning before we hit record, yes, this is a podcast, but it's also a coaching call. We, we want to genuinely help John, you grow your business, your freelance business. And so if you want to come on the show like John and get a coaching call like you'll hear today, you can visit freelance2founder.com. John did that. He filled out a questionnaire on our website. 
And we learned a little more about his business. In that questionnaire, we have a scale that all listeners who have heard a few of these episodes are familiar with. It's a scale from one to 10, one being a freelancer, 10 being a founder, one meaning you're working completely on your own, uh, you have a few clients, and 10 meaning you're running a business. You have maybe subcontractors or employees, you have systems and processes in place, predictable revenue. John, when you filled out your questionnaire, you told us that you were at a one. Am I remembering that right? Yes, you are. That is correct. Yeah, so so currently you're a freelancer, uh, full-blown freelancer, but in six to 12 months, you'd like to be more at a four. So moving up a little closer to being a founder, running a, running a company with systems and processes in place, why don't you tell us, like, in your mind, what what's the ideal situation that you're in in six to 12 months? What, what does your business look like at a four? At a four, I have a lot more of the automation in place so I can focus on the three main aspects of my business. Okay, so so which like client acquisition automation or, or what kind of automation are you referring yes, to? Yes, that that that, that some the big yeah that that stuff is what I'm referring to. So the the client automation. So the, the the three main areas that I want to be focusing on with my business is the doing design work, uh, hired out for hired out design work, and two uh, also doing three uh, D printing, so prototype construction and stuff like that. So taking the 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 parts I'm hired out to design and then also creating the prototypes to help ensure that they're going to work properly. And then three, and this is kind of, uh, it's on the bottom on purpose, is, is more content creation along lines of uh, articles and, and interviews and, and stuff like that to help keep pushing uh, awareness out into the marketplace. So, but yeah, the, the main parts I want to automate is having the, uh, the, the client acquisition and more automated so that I can have more free time to do the rest of these parts of my business. And hopefully in after that 12 month time frame, get to the point where I'm actually starting to potentially hire on some additional designers. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that would be the natural next step. Right. So I, so I want to recommend, I want to recommend before we dive into the conversation today, an episode previously that I recorded on this podcast with my friend James Rose. He runs uh, a couple businesses, but he he really loves, he's like, he's like my go-to guy when I want to learn more about automation or want to get better at automation. And so he seems to have a tool or a process or a system for everything. <laughs> uh, and particularly when it comes to like building an agency, he's really good at thinking through what processes you'll need. He's done it a couple times, and so he knows what he's talking about. So anyway, I'll send you a link after we hang up here. I'll send you a link via email to that episode. I'll also link it up in the show notes for listeners. Um, you can listen to that episode I did with James on automation. It's all about automation, powering your business with automation. It's really, really good. Um, but I don't know, Matt, do you have, do you have a take on where where John maybe could start in terms of like building some automation into his current freelance business that could free him up to do more work, maybe better work, maybe enjoy his work more so that he doesn't have to worry as much about this client acquisition problem that all freelancers face. Do you have any ideas? Yeah, so I think, uh, Preston, you probably already know where my mind is is going. I'm And I may be a little bit biased here, but from my own experience, but my, my brain, you know, immediately goes to the, the website, the marketing website for your company, the it's, I guess it's not really a portfolio website. It's really a marketing website for your company. Um, and 
and and make and really making that like the lead gen tool. I know we can talk about other ways, you know, to kind of get leads. Um, and I know that that's not necessarily like a really short term solution, but that is my website has been the backbone of my entire business for the last ten years. I don't think I've ever chased after um, a client or reached out to someone because I didn't have enough work. My website has, has always brought me, um, you know, enough leads. So when I hear automation, it, to me, I'm thinking my brain automatically goes to how can we update the marketing website to help generate more leads and get more traffic and and c- kind of couple that with you know John you're talking about pushing out more content if you can do that on your website and help draw in leads that way to me that's that's where i would focus the problem is is like you know that's not your area of expertise so actually doing some of those things you know maybe maybe that's something we can unpack a little bit potentially on this on this call i don't know but that's that, that's where my brain went yeah, I, I mean, I think that's perfect. And it sounds like John's thinking the same direction. Like, I, I agree when I heard, you know, even though it's technically third on your list, John, this content creation idea could be uh, how you drive traffic to your website, like Matt's saying. So, you know, you might publish content around, you know, depending on if you work with local clients or remote clients, you might publish content around keywords like physical product design or product design, you know, Minnesota or something, depending on, again, who you're trying to target. But, um, right you start to start to build kind of these funnels where people become aware of you, maybe on a podcast like this one, uh, they check out your website and then, and then your website is built in a way that, that really draws them in to contact you and reach out to you. I, I have a couple of friends like Matt who their whole business is built on that kind of process, inbound, inbound leads instead of constantly hunting for new freelance jobs. Right. And I have started to work on that more in the last probably month or so even since filling out the the survey but the main (laughs) well for lack of a better term the main problem i have is i can talk about this stuff literally all day long but as soon as i often as soon as i sit down to to start writing out an article or a blog or or what have you i i often will start to draw a blank because it's, it's easy for me to talk about, but it's sometimes more difficult for me to structure yeah. it all in my head on a, on an article or on a blog post. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, I mean, that can be real tough. I know, uh, I know Clay has, we'll link this. He has a free resource for writing a blog post. Like it helps you create an outline. Uh, it'll be search friendly. It'll be optimized. And so it, it you know, it helps with that issue. Cause yeah, we're not all natural writers or, or organizers of thoughts even, but also, like I don't, I wouldn't say you have to write necessarily. I think there are other options too, John. Like you could, if you're better, if you think you're better, you're better on video or on podcasts. Like there's other ways to get your message out there. Maybe you take pictures of your products and post them on Instagram, and you start to build a visual portfolio. Um, I think there's other ways besides. Obviously, text lends itself more to SEO uh, right now, but you know Google's getting smarter and better at that. Uh, so there are other options out there. Maybe a maybe a nice mix. Maybe you do an article once a month or something, and then you do some other things to to kind of bolster up your awareness. I don't know, Matt. Do you have thoughts or John? What's resonating? Well, currently I am working on. I want to maintain at least a one article a month cadence, and I'm working on two or three or two or three more right now that I'm hoping to get published here in the next few weeks at most, as well as trying to keep. Uh, updating my website to to be more uh, SEO friendly and more user friendly. <laughs> yeah, be able to help try and capture the people who actually do come to the website and help to. 
because there, there's like I said, the three the main two focuses of my business right now are product design services and also prototyping. So I can even if I'm not necessarily de- designing that product because of how large my, my 3D printers are have a bed space that's four times larger than most of the ones that are currently on the market. Oh wow. So a normal 3D printer only goes up to about 300, 300 to 330 millimeters, so like 12, 13 inches. My small one is 600, so it's almost double the each direction. So when you're dealing oh, with wow, squares, yeah. you, you, when you double want the length, you, both lengths, you don't double the area, you quadruple the area. So I can handle 3D print jobs that would take... Um, a lot of man hours after the fact that can help uh, that that would have to do, to be like glued back together because they'd have to cut them apart to print right, them yeah. inside CAD and then be, print them to get print them separately and then glue them back together post processing because I can do the because I have such a large print volume I can take those and don't have to do the post processing them to glue them back together so long as I can get them to fit in one orientation or another inside my printers. So the, yeah. So even so so moving through kind of like my pipeline is more along the lines of yes, I want the design client, but and yes, I want to be able to 3D print the, the prototype for that design client. But I'm also willing to work backwards, take the 3D print job and then hopefully get to the point where they're <laughs> able to hire me on for design work as well. So moving them backwards and forwards through the through that kind of, of a funnel process. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I mean, so last episode, Matt and I talked with Christine about having multiple tiers. This is something Clay is always talking about, which is like having multiple levels of offering. So I, I love that. I mean, if if you if you get way more inquiries about you know large format 3D printing, then yeah, that's a great way to like get people into your ecosystem, and then you can upsell them on a more premium service, like like actually designing their product or overseeing the the design of the product or anything like that. Um, I guess I, I want to I like as we're talking about this this funnel idea where you're using a website to to build interest, whether it's in your 3D printing service or whether it's in your full product design offering. Matt, maybe you can walk us through maybe a few things John could keep in mind uh, as he is working on his marketing site. Like what you know, what should he be keeping in mind to not only attract visitors, but once they're there, especially this piece, once they're there, converting them to being clients because there's a big difference between getting someone to your site and then once they're there actually having them decide yes i'm going to reach out or i'm going to hire them or i'm going to buy one of their packages or whatever you have for sale whatever the action is you want a client to take matt what what should john be keeping in mind as he begins to revamp his site and focus on client acquisition through his website you know working from home is mostly great but there are some days when i realize i haven't left my house or even my chair like all day have you been there Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane, effective home workout. That's because Hydro 
pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, so... I think so. There's a couple things here. I haven't. I've been on mute for a little bit, so I'm, I'm kind of you know recapping a little bit here. But I was my my first thought was I'll, I'll address that, Preston. But my first thought was I'm wondering, John, if if this isn't something that you necessarily feel comfortable with, or it's not your area of expertise. I wonder if this is something that you could consider, um, you know, getting some help with or outsourcing to you know a web designer or a copywriter or somebody. I know. I know. Things may be a little tricky right now. You're, you know, relatively new, uh, you know, a fresh transition here. But I'm wondering if that's potentially an option. Is, is you know, you kind of do it right, do it once, get professional help to get the the website kind of up to speed. Um, you know, I'll, I'll do my best here on on the call to kind of point out some things like like Preston said. But that's maybe something to keep in mind if if you haven't already. Um, but as far as what Preston was saying, there's there's kind of two things, right? Is getting getting the traffic to your site and then you know converting them once they're there. I think in the near term, I'd probably focus on converting them once they're there. And I think some things that could help do that is exactly like what you were just saying. Like to me, when I was listening to you talk, it was really impressive when you said, you know, your 3D printer has like you know double or quadruple the volume of of you know the standard, uh, you know, for for what people like you have. So I think. To me, that's something as a client, I would for sure be interested in that. Like, I, I could almost, you know, self-serve a little bit from the client's perspective, and I think that's a big part of this is going to be trying to put yourself in the shoes of the client and sort of look at your website from their perspective. That was like a really key thing. Uh, that was a big, a big help when I uh, was kind of updating my website over the years. Was every time I started thinking about, okay, and I'm not just writing about something. What does the client actually want to know? What's going to help them want to hire me? It sounds like you can think of those things. It's just a matter of articulating them on the site. So I'm I'm not sure if that mindset shift uh, will help at all, or if maybe that's something you've already been doing. But I think those differentiators, like you were mentioning, like you have a bigger um, print volume, or you're willing to work in opposite directions, like you're willing to do the design and then the 3D print, or in the prototype, or you're willing to do the prototype and then the design. I think 
Like to me, that that speaks to flexibility within your process. So like those are to me, those are things that as a client, I'd be interested in knowing about. So even just getting them on the site um, would be would be really helpful. Even just getting that information listed on the site. Um, personally, I'd like to see more visuals of what exactly you do. I know I know some of that may be protected under NDA. You may not be necessarily allowed to share it, but some sort of visual indicators of what exactly you produce. I think right now I'm looking at your homepage and it has you know the name of your company up there, but maybe like refocusing that and making the biggest text to like what you actually do because that was a little hard for me when I first saw yeah. the site, you know, to to, um, to kind of figure that out. So like you might know physical product agency. Um, and maybe that's all you need to say. Maybe that's what will connect with your clients. But I think just making, just swapping that out, just making that the first thing you see that you design digital products and 3D prototypes, like that already is a huge improvement. So um, I think there's some things like that, that, you know, relatively minor improvements um, that would go a long way to helping you uh, convert more people once they're on your site. I'm really glad you brought this up, Matt, because I think this is a, a common issue when working on a portfolio site or a marketing site for freelancers. Because because we're freelancers and because we do most of the work that we get hired to do, like we tend to talk in terms of I. Uh, I am a designer. I I provide, even if we're talking about what we give our clients, right? I provide product design services. Um, or I have machines that are four times as big as the average 3D printing machine. Like that's, yes, valuable to clients, but framing it from I instead of from you can actually hold you back. Uh, even when you're thinking about, I, I know what you're thinking is like the client will benefit from having this four times as large printing space, right? So, but but what can be really powerful, like Matt's saying here, is reframing how you think about your offering. And your offering is always about you, you the client, not I the freelancer, right? So it's always like you can get, you know, faster 3D printing, 3D printed prototypes because I don't have, there's less post-production work, right? You can start the process at any stage, uh, napkin, napkin sketch to early prototyping, wherever you'd like to start, I can jump in and help you with that. You can this, you can, I, you know, things that you you could you could say I will do this for you but instead you say you get this benefit and by focusing on the benefits that you're bringing your clients they start to appreciate that you're more focused on them than you are on yourself right and that's actually one of the th things for, I've been reading a lot of marketing blogs and marketing websites and other marketing type podcasts yeah. as well and that's one of the things that they've been focusing on and I've I've started to make that shift I've noticed cool. but it's still taking it, it is a paradigm shift I mean yeah, I I have my uh, I, I like this analogy because when I learned in school, I have my toolbox, right? And everything in my toolbox from my hammer to my screwdriver is something that I can do for my clients. But I can't sell them me swinging a hammer or me swing or turning a screwdriver. Right. I have to sell yeah. them the benefit of having that nail driven or that in the, to help hold up the wall or the screw driven to help hold keep their floor from squeaking and stuff like that. So that's kind of where I've been. It is a paradigm shift. So it is taking a little bit of time for me to, yeah. to refocus. But you know what? You're explaining it perfectly. You know, I'm, I, I kick a dead horse on this show. People are probably tired of hearing about it. But I talk about jobs to be done, the marketing framework called jobs to be done. If you've heard this a thousand times from me and you still haven't looked it up, look it up. It is so worth reviewing. It'll take you a couple YouTube videos to get the hang of it or at least to understand the concept, and then it'll take a while to really master it. But it's exactly what you're talking about, John. 
when someone goes into you know a hardware store to buy a drill, they, they actually don't need a drill. What they need is a hole, right? They're, they're not buying a quarter-inch drill bit. They're buying a quarter-inch hole. If the drill bit is just how they get there, what they really need is you know some way to put a wire through a wall or something. So for some reason, they need a hole in the wall. And so you know, what you sell them then is the outcome. You're right, John, not the process of getting there. And what we do so often as freelancers is we say like, oh, my logo design process is so thorough. It's, I, I go through all these stages and da-da-da-da-da. And that may be helpful later on. But like in the beginning, the client wants to know, no, I'm, I'm going to deliver you a brand that your customers will love so much, they'll buy more things from you. That's what the, that's what the client wants. They want more revenue in the door, right? Because of whatever you've provided them. And so you have to identify, one way to, one way to identify what your clients want is to just have conversations with them. Why did you hire me? You know, after you're done with a project, why did you hire me? What was most beneficial to you? Uh, what was the outcome you were hoping for? Did it match with what I ultimately delivered? And then you can start to talk more like your clients. Anyway, I'm rambling a bit here, but I think you know, focusing on the actual end offering, like you said, John, is a really critical piece. John, what's, what's resonating here with what we're talking about? Or, or where are there some gaps still? Where should we take the rest of our conversation today? Um, I, I guess what's resonating is the, is the continuing that paradigm shift of trying to focus, think more like a marketer and, think, and, and focus more on long lines of the uh, benefits and not just what my toolbox is, but what, what, the, what I can build with you with my toolbox kind of deal. Yeah, for sure. I th- I think that's it, it. It sounds like you haven't been doing that for all that long. So I when I, I'd be lying if I said it was an easy transition for me. You know, looking back, it you know it seemed like fairly smooth, but it, at the time, it, it it definitely wasn't. So when I first had that light bulb moment of I need to be thinking about what I'm selling and how I'm selling it from the perspective of my ideal clients, that mindset shift sort of was the foundation for everything that happened. You know, for years later. Um, so. It, it may take a little more time. It's, it's, it's going to maybe feel a little unnatural at first. But I would encourage you uh, with this just to keep in mind that that mindset shift isn't something that you're just doing to get copy on a website. It's also something that is just going to help you be a much better business person. Like you're going to be you're in business for mm. yourself now. So like thinking from the perspective of your ideal client, that's probably like the foundation of most of my freelancing career has just been that mindset shift. So I think it's still a little early on. You haven't been thinking about it that way for that long, but I would encourage you to keep trying that um, like kind of on a regular basis. Just just always have that in the back of your head because the, the more you think about that, the better you're going to get at it. And eventually it'll get a little easier and a little smoother and you'll be able to build on it and you'll know what to say on your website a little bit more. Um, you can update it you know, this month and then next month when you thought about it a little more, you can go back and tweak the wording and you'll find one, one other thing to adjust and it'll be just kind of this incremental improvement um, and again, I know that's not like going to result in very near term, you know, results. You may not get a lot of clients knocking on your door just because you're doing these little changes over the next few months. But I do think it's going to help set up a better foundation for you. I don't know. Preston, what do you think? Yeah, I agree uh, 100%. I think, you know, some of my best copywriting over the years, and, and I even fancy myself a marketer copywriter. So, um, you know, I, I have education in, in that realm, but I swear some of my best copywriting has come from me having conversations with clients or customers and then literally stealing their words uh, and, and sort of writing them down in a way that makes sense to present to future clients. And so, yeah, I think there, you know, there's a reason 
that testimonials are so powerful because in a testimonial, someone can say, here's exactly what John delivered and it was exactly what we needed. And, uh, and, and that's, you know, they're speaking the language of, of the clients. So the more you can speak that language, Matt's right. Not only will your copywriting get better, I think your business as a whole will get better, better as you start to understand what your clients need, how they think, um, what's at stake for them, you know, their, their why for doing the work that they're doing. All of those kinds of things will contribute to better copywriting and better thinking about your business as a whole. Earlier in the show, Matt mentioned that there's kind of two pieces to this inbound client uh, puzzle. The second was converting clients better. And I think we've addressed that a little bit through copywriting, through messaging, through thinking through what your clients value. The first part though, once you have that figured out enough to test it out, you got to get actual traffic to your website, I guess. So Matt, I don't know if you have a take or John, if you have questions about how do I actually get traffic to my marketing site or my portfolio site? Because like you said, Matt, it, you know, it, it can be the best copy ever, but if no one's there... It doesn't really do you that much good. So how how can you know what advice do you have for growing traffic to a website? Yeah, so I uh, potentially I'm going to kind of kick this back to you a little bit, Preston. But I want to. So for me, I kind of played the long game. Um, so my the way that I went about things is not really very good advice for people who need uh, results a little bit quicker than what I had. I sort of just started working on my website while I was still in college, while I still had a full-time job making tweaks. I had these light bulb moments kind of along the way when I didn't have a lot of risk. So um, things just sort of like the... I made the changes to my website and then the clients you know, started uh, started attracting clients after that. And there was never a lot of risk because I had you know, other, other income streams. So um, that is... That probably doesn't make for great advice <laughs> for somebody like John. So um, off the top of my head, uh, you know, I know on some of our other calls we've talked about, um, you know, maybe marketing on different platforms like like Upwork or something. I'm not sure. I kind of want to hear from John. Like, where where do you, right now? Like, and in the past, you said you've done work ad hoc, kind of in the past. Where have you found clients? Have you reached out to them? Have they found you somehow? Um, do you have any other profiles on any other like you know freelance sites or anything like that? LinkedIn. Okay, LinkedIn. There you go. <laughs> Almost. I do. I do have. Uh, Preston, I don't that's even know a if they're for you. <laughs> I don't even know if I, if they're active anymore, but I do have some uh, profiles on Fiverr and Upwork. And I, like I said, I don't even know if they're still active anymore. I just haven't looked there in a while because most of the stuff that I've been able to find on there, I get underbid by people out in, in India and China and in the Middle East all, all, yeah. day, all day long. Yeah, I'd ask a follow-up question, John. Do you find most of your clients are local to your area or, or where are most of your clients located in the world? Uh, let's see, I've got... So three out of my last seven clients have been within 50 miles of my house. Uh, Three more have been in Illinois, Georgia, or Texas. So, so within the U.S., of, I've been I've been focusing mostly on the contiguous United States, so the lower yeah. forty-eight of the yeah. United States. Yeah, right. And and the reason I ask, you know, for those listening and for you, John, the reason I ask is because that I think in my mind that dramatically changes how you go about attracting traffic to your website. Um, 
you know, if, if you'll take a, a global customer from anywhere in the world, if that makes sense for your business, then, you know, your marketing, your inbound sales look one way. If you only want to take local customers, then your, your marketing looks a different way. So, you know, if, if you want to, let me, let me ask this follow-up question then. Of the, you know, you've had a pretty even split then of local, I would call local clients, people close to your location. And then you've had others within your country, but obviously, you know, you can't meet in person or whatever. So which which do you prefer of the two? Would you like to get more local clients from your marketing efforts? Or would you like to get more uh, regional within your country or even national global clients? I mean, what's what's your preference there? For now, my preference, my focus has been on the region country clients. Uh, yeah. I have zero qualms about traveling as need. Well, obviously not at right now as much, but traveling <laughs> as needed to uh, Indiana, Seattle. Like I said, I don't work with in Milwaukee with Harley Davidson. So a whole bunch of various clients throughout the, the country. And I don't have a problem with, with that at all. And but at the end of the day, more often than not, I'm still sitting in my basement in my office, pounding out these designs in my own home. Right. Yeah. So, it, so all that to say, location doesn't matter so much right now. My main goal is just trying to help keep the the lights on. <laughs> right. Totally. But I, and 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 but long term, I have zero qualms. With I mean with with national and international clientele. My my uncle, um, my uncle is Joe Pine. So I don't know if you've read any of like mass customization or experience economy or any of that kind of those books. But he wrote those books and he he has. I think this last year was the first time in fifteen years where he hasn't spent as much time on the road as he is home. So. <laughs> but he's not doing cat work. He's doing strategy strategy sessions with CEOs of right Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies. <laughs> yeah. So so it sounds like I mean, it sounds to me like then you could you could approach really marketing from from just about any angle. You don't have to limit it to just local potentially local clients. For me, if LinkedIn has been working, then I think you double down on LinkedIn. It's like a proven, it's a proven stream, it's a proven model. You know, LinkedIn has lots of different uh, ways you could potentially tap into new clients. Uh, a couple off the top of my head, uh, you know, I have a friend, his name's Jake Jorgovin. He runs a company called Lead Cookie. Now they work with a little bit bigger companies than yours currently is, John, but there are similar companies to this for freelancers, but basically they automate your LinkedIn outreach. So if there are certain kinds of clients that you are you want to attract, they can reach out to them on LinkedIn and um, on your behalf and try to book them as a client. So that could be maybe helpful. Uh, you could publish, you know, you talked about publishing content and instead of only publishing on your blog, or maybe you are doing this already, but you could publish micro content on a daily basis or, or a few times a week on to your LinkedIn feed. You know, every time you have a cool picture of something to share or a cool, even like, I would love to see like a before and after, like from napkin sketch to final product. It'd be really cool to see a side by side of those kinds of things. Anything like that, like I think you just start putting out into the world that you do this kind of work. 
you know, we had uh, Bobby Macy on a couple episodes as a guest coach, and that's what he does. He just puts out into the world that he does video work. And I swear, every time someone comes looking for a videographer, everyone recommends Bobby because everyone knows that that's what he does. And so um, I think you just start hanging out in, in places on LinkedIn and, and posting content on LinkedIn. And if that has been working for you, I think that'll just amplify the success you're seeing there. Yeah, uh, I haven't been so much posting as like using the... Um, well, a couple of my clients I have gotten through through outright posts asking and say, hey, I'm, I'm open mm. for opportunities. Do you need anything? I've gotten a few that way. Yeah. Uh, the other one is using the, the ProFinder, LinkedIn ProFinder. Yes, yeah. I should have mentioned that one too. Absolutely. Um, but I do have a, a great... A, a, I'm sorry. No, sorry, go ahead. I do have a company page on both LinkedIn and Facebook yeah. for, clean slate, for Clean Slate Design Solutions as well. Yeah, and I think you know I have a I have one friend who's particularly good at LinkedIn marketing for his own personal brand, and he he just posts. I mean, just posts every day. It's a lot of work. I shouldn't say just, uh, but he posts every day on LinkedIn something interesting. Uh, and the way you know these social accounts work for you, John, maybe you already know, or for anyone listening, what what basically happens is they they will take into account the previous successes you've had with things that you've posted, and then those things then new things you post will get boosted to the top of people's feeds. And so since since LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram can't show everything to everyone, uh, they say, okay, the last time John posted, you know, only one person liked it and one person commented. So we may not show it to as many people next time because clearly his, you know, his people following him aren't that interested. But if 100 people commented or, uh, you know, more... Um, They'll say, well, I think it's worth putting this at the top. And I swear, this friend of mine, every time I get on LinkedIn, his post is at the top <laughs> because he's generating good content that that um, brings in comments that I clearly, I read and LinkedIn knows that I do. And so it shows me more. And so what you could do is publish content that, that builds engagement. And then every once in a while, this is a Gary Vaynerchuk uh, method. You jab, jab, jab. You send out quality stuff. And then every once in a while, you pull a right hook and you ask for business. Yep. Yeah, I've actually been trying to provide valuable content lately, as well as saying, "Hey, if you want to talk more about this? Shoot me up, yeah, a, a DM or or reach out through my website or whichever, and and we can all be happy to talk with you about it." Yeah, I love that. So I guess, but, John, we've we've maybe got only a few minutes left here. What what have we missed? Uh, what advice can Matt and I give you, or what? What action items or brainstorming can we do in these last few minutes to really help you out? Um, so, well, we talked talk, covered a lot of. Get, trying to help get systems in place to help cover some of the client acquisition side to help keep to help allow me to focus on those three main content areas and then I think just I need to keep, think I need to continue working on that paradigm shift so keep reading things like uh, e-myth mastery and, and other similar yeah. type books that are in and and like your podcast and everything too as well to try and help keep pushing that paradigm shift to help get it in the, in, into where I need it to be so I can start to see success further down the road. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love it. It's it's definitely it can be a slow process, but you're kind of building the foundation now and it'll pay dividends later, most definitely. Well, yeah, John, that, thanks. Oh, sorry, go ahead. And, and yeah, that is that is what every endeavor, all that is a investment in into future growth. I mean, the more regardless exactly. of business or not, it, it's whatever you invest your time in is in, in is how you're gonna help shape your future. Yeah, exactly. And you'll start to know what's paying off and what's not, you know, where you should invest more time or effort or where not. Yeah, so. I mean, I just in the last probably week or two decided to, I was spending a lot of time going after the larger multinational conglomerates. But in the last week or so, I decided that um, that might not be the right thing to do for right now. Mm-hmm. And instead, I need to focus more on the smaller companies that have five to 200 people and are like 10 million, five to 10 million plus in revenue. So I'm not wasting energies on, on people who simply can't, because I'm so small, simply can't use me. So Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Finding that sweet spot is going to be critical too. Um, and then learning how those people think, what they value, and then right. using that to, to, to shape your marketing. I think, yeah, I, I mean, you've got a great, I think, path laid out here before you. I'm um, a lot of it on your own, <laughs> but it was fun to fun to kick some ideas around. Hopefully, it was helpful for you, and um, we appreciate you being on the call today. I I appreciate you you guys as well. Fantastic, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you should everyone listening should check out Matt's work at mattolpinski.com. Again, he runs Matt's Design Co. And uh, just really appreciate you being here last minute for us today, Matt. Thanks. Yeah, of course, no problem. Happy to be here and and happy to help, John. I'm glad this was a, a good conversation. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, guys. Take care. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit M-I-L-L-O dot C-O to level up your freelancing. And Dripify. Visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at FreelanceToFounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.